are streaming live, I believe. Again, it's a bit of a pain doing it this way. Like the other way, the other system I use when I'm just by myself, I I know that um, that I'm I'm live. So here we go again. But with this, there's all sorts of things going on. So hopefully you're seeing us and hearing us, folks out there in Facebook land. So here we are again for I think the third, third, third. Yes, I'm getting the nod. <laughs> this is our third uh, profit first builders problems solved. Uh, and of course we've got Angus, our special guest. I'd better just unmute. The audio, so Anger, talk to us. How are you this this morning, this evening? Angus? Going well, Luke. It's all right. I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. I know what's going on. Don't worry about that. So just getting everything ready, ready to go, so I can see who's here. Hugh is here. Uh, there's a bunch of other eyes uh, looking at us as well. Uh, so just please let us know where you is. Uh, maybe tell us how it's going there. It's it's it's. It's crazy hot here for some reason. It's like traditionally it would be really cold and we've had heaters going for the last week and then all of a sudden uh, we've lost daylight saving so it's dark but it's hot. Like it's really hot and, and night, which is just I don't know, what's going on. world's going mad. Uh, Hugh says, good evening. Good evening to you also and those other people who are watching. Please make yourself known. So uh, if you saw any of the promotional palaver I put out uh, this week about this episode, it is pretty much going to be focused on uh, the issue of, of cash flow and particularly for builders um, endeavouring to implement Profit first can be quite challenging because if you just read the book uh, and follow the processes in in uh, profit first, it kind of lends itself to a business where there is regular income. Um, you know, it might be your fish and chip shop or your hairdressing salon or whatever it might be, where you, the, the the income's kind of reliable from week to week to week. Um, in a building business, it's nothing like that. There are progress payments. There are delays due to weather, due, due to not getting to a completion stage uh, when you thought you were going to because of a, a supplier or, you know, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. So what can tend to happen is you'll have gluts. I'm sure that's a word uh, and it means you'll have a big chunk of money and then you'll have drought and then you'll have another big chunk of money and and it's not all of that predictable, although there, there are things that, that we can do, and we're not talking about that tonight, to make it a little more predictable. You have a lot more control over um, when you get paid than I think that most builders think that they do, but that's a, a discussion for another evening. But tonight we're going to be talking about um, how to manage the cash flow to be able to get profit. Now, um, Angus and I were having a chat the other day. Uh, we, we were doing some additional videos, some additional training videos that uh, Angus's clients will get access to and our Builders Business Black Belt members will get access to. A whole bunch of detail we've put into uh, these training videos to help our members really get the most out of profit first. And, and uh, we had a discussion. Of, of, well, we discussed a lot of things, but this last last discussion was was um about 
an experience that um, that Angus had with a builder, and uh, w- w- the names are going to be uh, uh, redacted, or, or we're not going to mention names to protect the innocent. <laughs> and, but you, you tell me about the discussion you were having with uh, Mister X, <laughs> the builder, <laughs> because I laughed when you said it. It was a funny discussion. Yeah, so um, so Mr. X, um, yeah, it was going pretty well, or you know, it's going pretty well, and um, you know, it's in the sort of towards the start of a big project, um, a multi-million dollar project, and I just had a chat around the expected profit, which um, is aiming to be ten uh, percent. So I asked, you know, are you going to put? 10% away, you know, you're just going to put it, you know, into profit account and, you know, that'll be your profit. And then the very swift response was, no way, I'm only going to do 1%. <laughs> so, so it obviously begged the question of why. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we've obviously had conversations around that. And, um, and yeah, so chatting to you, Mika, you know, just around that issue of, um, so some, you know, your team, I suppose, having fairly, um, Sort of fixed, sort of amounts that they're putting aside, whether it's five percent or, or you know, around that mark, when, when it could possibly be higher, and and why that's the case, and how to fix that. Yeah. So tonight, uh, hopefully, we're, we're going to cover um, what Angus calls the the basic version of, of of being able to put profit away. And by the way, the basic version in my book is really, really good. Like it, the basic version is so much better than what most builders do in any case. But we're also going to talk about the advanced version as well that uh, obviously with anything advanced, it's going to take more discipline. It's going to take more effort. You've got to put more time in, have more understanding, but the reward is there. So if you want the reward, um, you know, you, you need to be to, need to be prepared to put the effort in. but. The, the reason I asked you to, to tell that story is it's, it's not the first time we've had a discussion, either you or I, uh, with a builder around financial management and uh, so forth. And, and basically what we identify the majority of the time is most builders, when it comes to their strategy for profit, it's fundamentally a hope strategy. The, the, the strategy is based on hope, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of hope strategies. Um, they're kind of out of, out of your control, uh, and, and so we, we need to be more hands-on. We need to ensure that certain things happen, um, certain behaviours, certain actions are taken to ensure that we get what we set out to um, obtain in the first place. So Mr. X, if uh, he was going to get a 10% profit, but he was only putting 1% away. Now, I'm no mathematical genius, <laughs> but I can't figure out how that works. If you're going to get 10% profit and you're only keeping 1%, where does the other nine come from? Can you shed any light on, on this m- magic? Does he have a magic wand? Yeah, I'd like to shed some light on it, but um, I don't know. Um, you know, it would, would have been interesting to to have seen, you know, if we um, didn't discuss this and talk about putting aside, you know, the 10%. But, I mean, presumably, 
some of it, you know, may have been swallowed up by extra expenses and, you know, you might have made, you know, you might have made 10%, you might have made more, you might have made less. But, well, um, as you said, it was a little bit of hope. Um, it was a bit vague. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly no guarantees. Yeah. And we, we want to try and give people at least the the philosophical approach, if not the, the specific detail, that the show's a little bit short to get into specific detail uh, about this, but give you the, the sort of the, the overview of, how you need to approach this to get what you wanted from a project in the first place. So if if when you're pricing the project and you're looking at all of the figures, I think it's absolutely essential. And, and I think you said this um, right at the very start, the, the first show we did at the start of this month, uh, you said you've got to have goals. You've got to have specific goals. You've got to write these things down. You've got to have something to aim for. And uh, again, what we see time after time after time is that this this hope strategy that we're going to price it like this, and my gross profit is this, and you know, if everything works out and the creeks don't rise, I'm going to get X amount of of dollars at the end of it. But it's a hope strategy. There's no, there's 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 nothing that you do to ensure that it happens. But there are plenty of things you can do to ensure that happens. Now, um, a couple of things we would need to cover that we're not covering tonight that obviously if you're putting together a proposal um, for for a customer and you are building in a, a, a decent, a significant profit margin, and I think that you should because that's the whole idea of going into business in the first place, unless your desire for going into business was to work more than all of your staff, even when you're sick, earn far less, take far more risk and potentially lose everything uh, and get very, very stressed. Unless they, those were your goals when you first started your business, you should have objectives for profit. Uh, and and we've got to have a process to ensure that we get that profit out. And it's it's not, I repeat, not the profit that the accountant talks about in the profit and loss statement. It is in a bank. It resides in a bank or in a shoebox or as Wayno puts it in steel tins out in the backyard. <laughs> but it, it exists. It it's not some fictitious smoke and mirrors figure on a a profit and loss sheet, super important. Now, guys, if if you've got any questions, want to make any comments or got any questions as we go through here, please put them in comment section. As you can see, I've got my trusty, rusty iPad here uh, and uh, I can see who's watching and what you're saying and all that sort of stuff. Mitch says, I must like this shirt because I wear it a lot. <laughs> what I suspect is happening, Mitch, is you don't watch me enough. That's what I think it is. I think you're out in the bush far too long, far too often, and you don't watch me enough because I don't wear this shirt all of the time. I've just probably worn it on the three videos that you've watched. <laughs> or I could have lots of these shirts, but I don't. And I'm not sponsored by Stanley, but I do have a FUBAR, the back of it. The FUBAR, the demolition tool, it's very cool. I don't know why I've got one. I've never demolished anything, but it is good for having, <laughs> like most of my tools. So um, Stevie G has also joined us. 
and there's a bunch of other people who just refuse to say hello. Like they're out there. I can see their eyeballs, but they're refusing to say hello for some reason. They could be spies. Who knows? So let's get into this. And if you can outline, if you need to share the screen, go ahead and do that. So just fair warning for the people if you're listening to the replay here and uh, you're just you're listening to the SoundCloud version or the iTunes version, which is just audio. This may not make a whole lot of sense, but you can jump into Builders in a Circle or Builders Business Black Belt Facebook page, watch the replay, and, and it'll all make sense. It'll all be as clear as. So uh, we talked about the basic version, and we talk about the advanced version. What's the basic version, which is better than what most builders do in the first place? Well, the basic version is uh, putting aside a fixed percentage of your um your turnover into a profit account and taking care of your of all your other um, expenses and taxes through your various accounts and, and transfers and payments as well. So that everything's well organised. <clears throat> You're always making a profit. You've got a consistent profit. And um, and as I said, your taxes are taken care of. So, you know, that's a great system. It really is. Um, the, the more advanced version is one where we look at the, some cash flow forecasting in a bit more detail. Um, the issue that we've got um, in building projects is, as you said before, variable cash flows. So, you know, if you're getting a heap of money up front so you can, you know, pay for everything, then obviously um, you're going to have more costs at the back end of the project. So you need to be factoring in how that's all going to work. And the, the issue you've got with taking that sort of fixed 5% is that you're not necessarily going to maximise your profit because it's, you know, it's not completely vague. You know, it's still, you know, a definite fixed amount that you are going to take. But it's not necessarily reflective of a super detailed approach. And if you do take a bit more time and look at things in a bit more detail, you may have the opportunity to end up with more than 5% profit. <clears throat> and it's obviously so important because if you think, you know, if you're in building, you're doing, you know, multi-million dollar turnovers um, most years. So, you know, if you can jump, you know, by a few percent um, or even, you know, five five percent or more through a bit more attention to detail, it obviously has a big impact on on the bottom line and how much cash you actually get. So, yeah. you know, if you're doing if – you, if you're going to look at it in more detail, <clears throat> then you know, it's a matter of um, – Taking a bit more time, or, or working with someone who, um, who who can help and who's adept at s spreadsheets and costing and and that sort of thing. And there are two things you've got to do. You've got to look at what your forecast cash flows are over the life of the project, and you've got to do it by project. And then the other thing you've got to do is you've got to update that, and you should be. Of reforecasting, I'd say weekly or fortnightly, to make sure that your costs are going to come in as planned, or if they're not, you're on top of it straight away. So the end result, you know, may be you know that you have to do some some work on a spreadsheet or, or work with someone who can help. And the spreadsheet, I'll just share the screen. It's very basic. I like basic. I understand basic. So. Yeah, well, I mean, this is just an example. So if our figures are in thousands, so, you know, we've got sales across here. So, you know, this is when our cash is coming in and I've actually put it more cash in the back end, but it might typically be at the front end. 
and sort of you know varied cost of sales. So cost of sales is small at the start and gets bigger. So our gross profit you know changes month on month. So you know 70, 50, 20, and then right at the final month, it's you know we've got to pay out our remaining costs. So the project still makes a healthy profit, but the the profit in each month is quite varied, and we've got fixed overheads pretty much, and um, you know we end up with a net profit of sixteen percent. So our bottom line shows a cumulative cash flow where you know it goes you know fifty, and then we're stagnant, and then we you know we get a lot of money in, and then um, you know we pay a heap of costs out. Now, if we're just doing five percent. You know, it's going to work. Um, it won't work in June in this example, but it's going to work for most of the time. But um, the issue we've got is we're not necessarily going to maximise our profit if we're – because one of the things about profit first is we pay a lot of attention to our cash flow and, you know, the more attention that we pay, you know, typically the more we'll, we'll be left with and we'll be able to maximise. So, you know uh, – Sort of a basic sort of spreadsheet like this can help plan, and then you can work out the percentages and so on of what you're going to transfer to your various accounts. The other thing that you obviously need to do is update this as you go. You know, if this changes to 200, then um, obviously you're not going to take as much profit out. But um, if you not know that that cost is going to increase as early as possible, you can do two things. Firstly, you can take steps to remedy it. And the second thing is also you can adjust your cash flows and um, but still make sure that you that you take as much profit as possible. So here, you know, profit's gone down to 13%, which is also not as high as what it was. But um, you know, it's still higher than that, you know, maybe a flat rate of five or, or percent or whatever you're taking. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things that that I am surmising here and you can just sort of confirm or, or make a complete fall out of me if, if I'm wrong. But but if you just if you're just taking that five percent in this scenario, uh it's it's better than what most builders do because they don't put anything aside. Uh they just wait till the end of the project and if by some miracle there's some profit left over, you know, happy days. So this basic system where you're just taking your one percent, two percent, five percent, whatever it is, uh from from the revenue, it's it's great. But in the months where there is, um, uh, I suppose, a, a lower amount, um, the the or the larger amounts, when you and you're only taking five percent, and you're looking into your expense account because you're only putting five percent aside, um, it can put you give you a false sense of security because there's this extra money in there because that particular. Um, uh, progress payment was quite a large payment, and maybe that the the expenses that particular month or that particular period were low. So it it artificially inflates the amount of money that you've got in there. And we've talked about that bef- before with the philosophical approach to this um, profit first system that that we've got to keep that expense account lean and mean all of the time so by doing these cash flow forecasts in my mind this is what you're saying um you know that it's it's a small amount of money coming in at this particular period with large amounts going out so we 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 know that we're only going to take a small percentage of the profit but we're still taking profit 
and then in another period of the build, it might be the opposite. And so to compensate for the skinnier parts, we've got to take more profit so we get the end profit at the end of the project that we wanted at the start. Is, am I making sense or am I rambling? No, no, you're making sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you know, you're ordered to the, an important fact, which is, you know, if you get lots of money in at the start and you've got that, you know, big amount in your bank account, then, you know, the or one of the problems is that, you, you know, you think you've got lots of money and there's a propensity to spend it. Yep. So. If you so, if you're just taking the five percent um, out of that large amount, you know there's you know there's a risk that there's more left over, and um, you, you know you end up spending it, and there's not as much left down the track for when you need it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I'm sure everybody out there has experienced that. It's it's like feeling good, feeling good, feeling good, um, and because these projects have often wildly uh, fluctuating incomes and outflows. Um, you can feel really good one week and, and really, really bad <laughs> the next. And, and doing these cash flow forecasts um, give you confidence, even though you might be in a part of a project where there is not much money coming in and quite a bit of money coming out. If you're doing cash flow forecasts and, and you knew this was going to happen, that gives you a great deal of confidence uh, rather yeah, than stressing you out. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing is if you're doing the combination of the forecast and the transfers, then you're going to be well equipped to deal with um, uh, increased payments towards the back end of a project and, um, you know, all the, the various expenses as you go. So it's not just a matter of doing a cash flow forecast because um, what we want is both the forecast and the action with your bank accounts because, you know, as we've said, you know, one of the issues is if you've got a lot of money in the bank or, or you don't have much, you know, it affects you emotionally and that affects your, you know, your behaviour and around your spending. So if you can forecast your cash flow and manage your cash flow and your bank transfers in a way that reflects that forecast, then you've got a good chance of coming out, you know, at the end of the project with the profit that you wanted. Yeah. So just um, just unpack a little bit what would be the additional effort, uh, perhaps knowledge, perhaps time, and perhaps discipline that would be needed to implement the more advanced strategy you're talking about where you're doing cash flow projections and all that rather than just doing the basic one. Because I, you know, I, I want to say something after you've answered that about getting somebody like yourself in your corner. It just makes a lot of sense to me. So what what is the extra effort that needs to be uh, taken? The extra effort, yeah. So it obviously depends a lot on your skills in Excel and, and your own skills in you know, cash flow forecasting. Um, if you're prepared to work with someone, it's probably going to take maybe half an hour a week. Um, it shouldn't take more than an hour a week because once you get in the habit of really understanding your, your cash flow and your costs and your forecasting, it's a fairly quick process to update it, um, but it is something that requires constant attention. So, 
if you were to look at it, you know, every week just for half an hour and just to, to update it, you probably wouldn't need much more than that. But if you don't do it regularly, then you're going to find it a lot more difficult. Yeah. There's a principle that we talk about a fair bit um, in coaching circles, and I mention it, uh, you know, from time to time with our Black Belt members. Uh, and there's a saying around it that, you know, what gets measured gets managed. Um and and what I've found in relation to that, that when you start to measure things, uh, whether it be time uh, and, and what you're getting done in a specific amount of time and you're, you're measuring where your time goes, for instance, you automatically, without even trying, become more effective and become more efficient and get a whole lot more done. Um, we find exactly the same thing happens when you start to pay attention with your finances as well. You don't necessarily have to learn a whole lot of new strategies and, and skills and all of that sort of thing, but you do um, start to get a lot of benefit just by starting to pay attention. Now, I'm looking at what's going on over there. Are you being attacked by a dog or something? Yes, I am. <laughs> because, <laughs> there he is. I've, I've noticed <laughs> a couple of times when you were talking there was this sort of you couldn't see the whole dog but there was this wagging tail going past in the in the background <laughs> uh, that's funny so uh, we're just about out of time dog anyway so heel heel get under the house um what what I would like to say so this is what I wanted to say when you're answering that question was um that it just makes a whole lot of sense to me to get somebody like an Angus in your corner. If if you want to go and and take this to the next level and make a significant profit, like a genuine uh, significant profit in your building business, it's not going to happen by magic. It's not going to happen by hope. It's going to happen by you being disciplined and deciding that I'm going to put these um, processes in place, these measurements in place. I'm going to learn how to run them. I'm going to put the time aside. And, and Angus said it's not a lot of time to do this. But here's the thing that, that I think needs to happen is that you need to find, and if you're not in the, you know, the vicinity where Angus is uh, and he's in Victoria, not that you need to be in um, uh you know, in the same state with your accountant anymore. But the challenging thing is is to find an accountant that believes in the profit first principles and um and can help you put these simple cash flow things together, the forecast together, uh, the spreadsheets, and work with that person so you have a series of behaviors or actions that you need to take on a weekly basis or a monthly basis and that um, that that are part of the, the process that you and your Profit First professional have come up with to ensure that you get the profit that you wanted at the start of a project. So we've got the dog doing tricks in the background now. What sort of tricks does this dog do? What's the dog's name? Eating tricks, uh, <laughs> eating everything tricks, including me. <laughs> well, 
Fortunately, we're just about out of time anyway. But, you know, that that makes a whole lot of sense to me. What have you got to say about that? I mean, I know you're not the sort of person that, that does the self-promotion, but I think my experience since I've been involved in Profit First is finding an accountant that believes in Profit First is quite difficult. When you find one, um, I think they are a great person to have in your corner because my experience is um, that, uh, 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 when you when you've got bu- uh, businesses, not just builders, I've you know we've we've worked with a lot of different businesses over the years, and when uh, businesses just kind of give responsibility over t- to their accountant for for their financial health, I've found out over the years I've I, I find that that just doesn't work too terribly well. I've never seen very many businesses do well financially um, with with that process. But as soon as we found out about Profit First, we mentioned it to our members. They started to do it on their own. Um, they started to make progress. I think what you're talking about tonight is taking this to a whole another level where you're starting to, to, to manage those cash flows. And just before we get out of here, you did mention to me uh, earlier today that uh, sometimes some of the builder software, so there's different builder software. There's, you know, Builder Trend and Co-Construct and Build Exact and on and on and on. Um, you were doing some training with one of those and because uh, I know that some builders think that there is the ability to, to do cash flow forecasts and so forth in their software and you found that it's not necessarily um, as good as you would like it. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it, it's built for a specific purpose, obviously, um, which is to manage the project and you can manage costs um in the project, um, you know, you, you can update your costs and so on. But it's it's like a lot of software. Um, it's not necessarily going to be that flexible in terms of your cash flow forecasting and um, and how you should manage your cash flows. So you can get a lot of great information from Builder Trend. I'm sure you can get the same sort of information from the other programs. But you need to then take that information, put it into Excel, and then really map it out. And by doing that, you've got the source data and then you can have, have a bit of a plan for how it's going to work and how it's going to look. So a combination of, you know, you build a trend and, and updating it with um, some ongoing management and a spreadsheet is good. The other thing about the software like build a trend is it can become pretty complex. Um, you know, these packages really you know, have a lot in them and it's easy to get sort of bogged down in the detail and well, I mean, what I've been talking about is by is understanding things in more detail, but it's it's looking at sort of a more detailed approach sort of over time mm-hmm. and in terms of managing your cash flow and your profit. Um, and I think you can, if you assume that, oh, Builder Trends got everything, then like, it's got a lot, but I think you need a little bit more. So you need, you need to use it in Excel and sort of and flesh it out in terms of some forecasting and so on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I think it's so important to to start to get the, this message across that need to start to take a lot more control uh, in understanding what's going on in the in the financial side of things a lot more often, uh, particularly with with building projects. I, I think that 
by having a process like you're talking about where you've got the cash flow forecast and then as things happen and it didn't quite happen as forecasted, you, you can come back and you can rejig it and, and take into account that thing that's happened uh, and, and tighten it up so you've still got control over it, you still know what's going on, but you've got this flexible approach to it as well. And, and I think what happens when you've got that sort of detail at your fingertips is you make different decisions. Um, I think that what what happens a lot of the time is builders tend to go, you know, head in the sand. I've figured out what the pricing was at the start. I know what sort of profit I'm going to get out of it. And then as things happen throughout the build, whether people not showing up when they should, cost blowout here, there, or whatever happens, um, and guess who cops it in the neck at the end poor old builder and his profit that that's the thing that cops it in the neck at the end but you can do things to to adjust and prevent you know and it's like it's kind of like I love watching V8 supercars and and some years ago I had the opportunity to coach a driver um, who was in the what they call the twos or the, the development series, still driving a V8 supercar. So we got to go in the garage, uh, you know, Greg Murphy's garage, and uh, and we're, I'm just watching all of the telemetry and all of the data that's coming back uh, from from these motor vehicles, and it just blew my mind. But it was so such a great lesson that when you've got this information coming back to you, uh, and they do it in real time, so the 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 development series, they would download the, the information at the end of the race. But the main game guys, so, you know, Shane Van Gisberging and all of those guys now, it's all totally live and it's in real time. And they can get that information and they can make decisions that gives them an advantage and they can plot and scheme and plan about when they change tyres and when they put fuel in and how much to put in. And it's just incredible. And I think... Obviously, you don't need to go to that extent with your building business, but come on, guys, you need to do a little bit more than figuring it out at the start and then have a looking, having a look at it at the end and going, oh, shit, that didn't work. You know, we need to be looking at that information as you go, making some adjustments so you give yourself a much greater chance of a much, much greater profit uh, throughout the job, um, which is what you deserve. Uh, does that make sense, Angus? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a good um, analogy of the V8s and looking at all the reporting that they're doing in real time because you know, I've worked for large um, corporations and one of the biggest differences between the large corporations and privately owned businesses is that these large corporations have got wall-to-wall reporting. It's unbelievable. Like Nobody moves without a report. It's um, it's almost too much. Yeah. Like there's whole teams dedicated to different aspects of reporting, and then you go into uh, the privately owned business world, and you find that often there's nothing. And obviously, you know, you, you've got to strike a balance, and you've got to work out what works for you. But you know, having having nothing, or you know, n- not having a framework and you know a regular um, sort of template and t- to review, um, I think is a reason why. As you were saying, the best decisions don't get made all the time. If you've got that information to hand, and if you're in the in, in the business of regularly reviewing where you're at and where you think you're going to be, then you, the chances of you making the best decisions are, are much greater. 
and you know, coming out with a higher profit. Yeah, perfect. Okay, we are way over time. So uh, thank you again for, for participating. Uh, we've had a few people join us, which I haven't had the opportunity to say hey to. So Scott is here. The Wayno is here. He's been here for a while. He's probably out the back planting a few tins of cash. That's why he was a bit late joining us. Um, Mr. Johnston is here from Queensland, and he's, he, he's made a comment about the the money coming in and out. He says it's a real ro- roller coaster ride. Jan's also here. Hugh says, where do I sign up for cash flow training? I think you know the answer to that. Uh, you've spent some time with the Angus, so you can just reach out to, to Angus and um, obviously he knows what he's talking about when it comes to this. So that's, you know, th- this is my whole point is that you guys have a building business to run and there are certain things that you need to take responsibility for, but then there is certain activity that is kind of, it's not a waste of time, but it's false economy for you to be putting time into and learning how to do certain things like building your own Excel spreadsheets and and on all of that sort of stuff, it's it's far more um, intelligent to go to someone who can take care of that sort of stuff for you, understands the the philosophy of profit first, but also understands what needs to happen from a compliance point of view with the generally accepted accounting practices. And you take responsibility for it, but you team up with somebody like an Angus, so you are very, very confident in your systems and things are being measured as often as they should be and you're making better decisions and the benefits will end up in your back pocket for sure and certain. So I hope that's been helpful. We have uh, one more of these to go this month. So I think the 24th uh, is next Wednesday. Of course, Anzac Day is the day after that. So we'll be here again on Wednesday the 24th. You look puzzled, Angus? Yeah, I'm going to the football. So you Um, won't be here on the 24th? No, I won't. No, I'm going to watch um, Melbourne play Richmond. So might see their Wayne. Yeah, you'll see Wayne Um, there. So I hope there's um, going to be money on this. (laughs) Well, I'm not too confident of getting it. Um, oh, so you're a North Melbourne supporter? No, Melbourne. No, no, it's just getting it out of the tin. Oh. Um, <laughs> I get it now. Gee, you copper right. flogging, Wayne. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. All right, well, um, I'll definitely be here and we will be talking about profit first and um, the philosophy and techniques and tools. Um, so we will definitely be here on the, on the 24th. We might be Angusless, but that's okay. Um, and uh, I hope this has been valuable for you. The whole of the month was focused on or has been and is being pro- focused on profit first, the philosophy, the tools, uh, and the approach to uh, eliminate the ugliness that tends to happen by the mismanagement and uh, I guess the, the, uh, the general, uh, generally accepted philosophies of financial management with, with builders. So thank you again for joining us for uh, the month of, um, what month is this, April, Angus? No worries. Yeah, I'm happy to come the week after if you want. Um, uh, that will be the first. That will be the first of May. Yep. We'll see how we go. Yeah, we mate. might be on to a new topic by then. But, uh, yes. Yep. But that's yep. fine. No um, worries. So, 
Thank you, people, for joining us. If you've got any questions about anything that we spoke about in this particular episode, just pop them in the comments section or you can flick, flick through a message, a Facebook message, uh, messenger message to us. And um, if I can't answer the question, I'll certainly send the question to Angus so we can, we can get the, the proper answer instead of one that I just make up because <laughs> I'm good at that. Hugh said, Hugh said, thanks. We'll chat soon, Angus. Thumbs up emoji. All right, folks, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back again next week for another Builder's Problem Solved. I hope this has been worthwhile, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Bye.